Good morning, everyone. Uh, starting the show off today with a, in a different place. Uh, a story came out, national story. I got it from CNN.com. There's a couple of other publications where it's out there as well. The uh, ACLU is suing Arizona, or at least some people in Arizona. They're going after the Attorney General Mark Brnovich, uh, the county attorney in Maricopa County. And for, for whatever reason, the sheriff of Maricopa County, Paul Penzone, which I don't understand, uh, if you're going to go after law enforcement for the enforcement of this law, why would you just be going after one sheriff? This is a statewide law. Why wouldn't you be naming law enforcement agencies across the state of Arizona? And I don't understand why you single him out. Maybe it's because he's in the biggest county. I don't know. But the only issue I take with it is this. The people of Maricopa County, I am one of those. Most of you listening to this show are residents of Maricopa County, will pay for this defense. We will have to pay to defend this. I don't know why you would name the sheriff. He didn't write the law. He had no input on the law. Why is he being called in on this at all? And I, I, and I don't know the legalities of it. I'm sure they have a reason for it. But I just don't get it. But here's the deal. There was a law that was written by John Kavanaugh. And it passed the legislature. Governor signed it. And what it says is you cannot videotape a police officer when they are involved in a situation and being less than eight feet from that officer. You can't be any closer than eight feet away. Now, I don't have a problem with what they're saying because you can still videotape and hear every word someone is saying from eight feet away. This is an officer safety issue. Uh, there was a situation in Phoenix that was on videotape of a teenage girl trying to stop the arrest of guys in a stolen car. This 15-year-old girl grabbed an officer from behind. You don't know what that person is capable of. You don't know anything when they're doing that. You're in the middle of focusing on a suspect, and you're getting pulled from behind. She, <clears throat> she punched a Phoenix police officer in the face during this altercation, and then they had a press conference the next day, and she was the victim, and then she went away. And she went away because her behavior was on videotape, and it was so bad, and everybody saw saw how bad her behavior was that they probably figured that this there's no chance you're going to win anything here you are the your parents are the one that should be paying a price here but in that case, the videotape showed the bad behavior was by the citizenry around there. It's not about videotaping. So I, I, I voiced this before, and uh, to be honest, I'm not trying to tell any law, lawmaker how to do their job. If I were writing that piece of legislation – it would be you cannot be within eight feet of a police situation that you're not directly involved in. If an officer is in a confrontation with someone, if there is something going on at a sporting event, if there is something going on somewhere else and an officer is either affecting an arrest or doing an investigation, a private citizen has no business within eight feet. You are then either either the officer is in danger or if it's a fight between two people, the person he's talking to might be in danger of being sucker punched or jumped. There's no reason to be within eight feet. And there's no way if you're talking about the videotaping and the First Amendment part. Part of this that you can say your rights are being infringed upon. You, does anybody really believe that you should be able to walk right up on someone and videotape them? There's video out of uh, I can't remember which member of Congress it was, uh, but there was a member of Congress w was being uh, hounded by the media, and th uh, someone was getting too close, and uh, security for this member of Congress pushed this media person to the ground, and there was a big issue made about it. So I have no problem with public videotaping of police officers or anybody. I mean, you know, that's just the society we live in now. Everything is online. Everything is videotaped. The government has security cameras. Cops wear body cameras. So it's only 
It only sounds right that a private citizen can videotape a traffic stop. By the way, there's a there's an exclusion in there for that, that if you are pulled over, that you, if you're in the car, you can videotape the interaction with the police officer. Police officers activate their body cameras all the time to protect themselves and preserve the evidence. But you have a right to do the same thing. If you think, listen, I'm going to videotape this cop's attitude because if it gets confrontational, I want the backstory there before this cop turns on his or her body camera. You're entitled. I think everyone's entitled. If you see a police situation going on, you have every right to pull out your cell phone and videotape. What I don't understand is why anybody believes it's okay to be closer than eight feet in any situation. Unless you're asked to help, unless you're directly involved, there's no reason. And the other part of it is say, well, it just doesn't matter that there's no reason. But it's also an officer safety concern. It is absolutely, without a doubt, an officer safety concern. An officer – well, cops are trained differently than the average person. But when you get into a confrontation with someone, you get kind of tunnel visioned. And you're focused right in front of you at the threat that's in front of you. And you don't see peripheral. You don't see what's going on around you. And cops are trained not to do that. Cops are trained that when they're in a high-speed chase, they are still looking at their surroundings around them. They are still aware. And it takes training. It takes a lot of time. But you can't see what's directly behind you. If you're in a physical altercation with someone, if you're affecting arrest with someone that's resisting, even if they're not resisting to the point of fighting, but they are not putting their hands behind their back, they are not doing what they are lawfully ordered to do, and you're standing around and you're too close, that cop got to worry about you, whether you're a danger or you're not. So it is a there is a safety issue here. I mean, I think most people would agree with that. There's a safety issue there. If a police officer says, I need you to get back, that's a lawful order. Get back. Now, if a law enforcement officer says, put your phone away, that's not. Or they try to confiscate your phone. That's not legal either. So if, if this were the case, that you're not allowed to videotape a police situation, I would be standing shoulder to shoulder with the ACLU. But I don't understand this. And I certainly don't understand why there's one law enforcement officer named in this suit. If you're going to name law enforcement in the suit, you should name everybody in law enforcement in the suit. But they don't write the laws. They just follow the laws. They enforce the laws. So my problem is my tax dollars, and in this case, in the Maricopa County arena, my tax dollars are going to have to defend this lawsuit. And, you know, um, I don't – I just don't get it. I know that there are things, and I don't don't agree with the ACLU all the time. I would say not even most of the time. But having people out there that say, I believe this is unconstitutional. Listen, I'm a big believer. I love the Goldwater Institute. I think the work they do, and I haven't always agreed with them either, but – When you have organizations that are policing the Constitution and saying we don't believe this is constitutional and we're going to challenge things at no cost to a person if they don't have the money and we're going to challenge things we believe are unconstitutional, we're going to get these constitutional questions answered. Um, I think that's a valuable service, even if I don't agree with the premise of the lawsuit sometimes. But at times it doesn't make sense, and in this case it doesn't make any sense to me. Somebody tell me when you read this law and what's in it and how it's written – If you're pulled over in a traffic stop, you're going to be closer than eight feet from that officer. But there's an exclusion in there where you still have a right to videotape your traffic stop. So that's in there. 
if you are uh, involved in something or if you see something happening, I always use, you know, big crowds. If you're somewhere at a sporting event or waiting to get into an arena or something and a fight breaks out and police are trying to break up the fight and they get these guys spread apart and a police officer says to everybody, get back, just get back, um, then you got to get back. If you want to videotape, no one has an issue. I don't know why anybody would have an issue with that. But why would you need to get closer than eight feet? What? It's not that you're not going to hear what's being said. You know as well as I do. Your cell phone can pick up, um, you know, voices and 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 words and conversations from further away than eight feet. So I would have written it a little differently. I would have just said you can't be within eight feet. I would have said nothing about uh, video cameras. I would have said you cannot be within eight feet of a law enforcement situation unless you are directly involved or asked or allowed by the officer. If an officer asks for some space in the middle of an investigation or something else, you got to give it to him. I wouldn't have said anything about video cameras. I would have just said you can't be within eight feet. And I don't know that that would have stopped this lawsuit or not, but it would have been a point of clarification of saying, listen, I don't care if you're holding a cell phone or you're holding a baseball bat or whatever it is. If you're within that comfort zone, you could pose a threat. And an officer doesn't know who does and does not pose a threat, especially in a crowd. And, and this, to me, makes quite a bit of sense. And so I don't um, I don't know how this lawsuit is going to end. I really don't. I feel bad for Penzone because he got dragged into this as a defendant. He had nothing to do with it. He, had no, he didn't write the law. He didn't have input on the writing of the law. He had no commentary about the law. Nothing. And all of a sudden he's named in a lawsuit. I would imagine that they would petition to get him dropped from the lawsuit, and he probably would. He has no connection to it. And certainly when you don't have other agencies involved, you don't have other agencies named, what's the, what is the benefit or purpose of naming one law enforcement officer in a state? Not the other, let's say, 14 sheriffs. But it's an interesting – what I find interesting about this is we are going to answer this constitutional question – about um, what you can do, how close can you be, where the First Amendment, are you uh, breaching someone's First Amendment rights by saying you can't be within eight feet? It's going to be an interesting conversation. In a moment, um, the housing market, for the first time since 2012, home values went down. Did they go down dramatically? Is this just a market correction? And we'll talk more about that economy next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Uh, new update on home prices. Home prices are dropping across the country. And are should we be concerned about a crash? And all experts are saying absolutely not. Um, and just here's a quote from a story. After two frenzied years, home buying is cooling off. As mortgage rates rise, some experts in the field are calling it a housing recession, but it's not exactly true. Um, in July, they fell by 0.1%. It's the first time, let's at least acknowledge this. It's the first time home values have dropped, according to the Zillow study, since 2012. So, you know, we're talking 10 years. And so in looking at the graph, the Phoenix area um, is in this list. Phoenix, Arizona, the average home index, uh, average home price around four, $470,000 has dropped 2.8% in 
And so um, that's it's tied with San Francisco. Other drops. The biggest drop was in San Jose at four and a half percent. But we are not seeing the kind of housing market crash that we saw in what was it, 2007, 2008, um, when the the bottom fell out. And so people that are concerned about that, um, all experts are saying, and I'm certainly not an expert. I'm not giving anybody advice. I never would. And if you take my advice, you get what you get. But um, I'm not giving advice. I'm just reading from stories and I'm talking with people that are experts in the field and finding out where they sit. And many people are very comfortable that there is a slight adjustment. And the caveat here for our area is we continue to have growth. So rent is remaining, unfortunately, for people that are renting, rent is remaining still pretty high. There's more selection, more homes on the market. But what is this an indicator of? What direction are we going? Is it the housing market that's scaring the people the most? And I would tell you that concerns for the economy are in other areas. Um, Rising, raising a child uh, to age 17 expected to cost over $300,000 now with what's happening. And here's a headline. This is from the Daily Caller. Businesses make more cuts in August, signaling an increasingly weakening economy. So the data from the S&P Purchasing Manager Index, a prominent measure of the business activity, um, it says that rep- it, this thing, this, this output index represents a preliminary flash of expected business activity in August of this year across composite for both manufacturing and services, fell 2.7 points this month from 47.7 to 45 in August. So this is where – and I wish I knew what these people know. These are the predictors. These are the people that invest your money based on what's going to happen, not what's happening. And they are right a lot more often than they're wrong. There's a reason why the odds makers in Vegas get it right a lot more often than the person that goes to the to the to the um, you know to the casino to bet that goes to the to the sports book. They get it right more often. And um, I'm not a doom and gloomer. I don't think America is going to crash. I never have thought that. I've I've said this before on the show. When we've talked about this, when I've had these conversations with people, and I've been doing this for a while now, I remember when um, Barack Obama ran against John McCain and Barack Obama won the White House. Um, after his first term in office, Mitt Romney became the nominee. And during that election cycle the sec- that, for his second term in office, there was a common theme, and a lot of it was in talk radio, but a lot of it was in political rhetoric as well. And it was if Barack Obama gets elected up to a second term, we will lose this country. It will become irreparably damaged, that we will lose America. And I always said, you know, America is America. If one person, if one president, I don't care if it's one term or two terms, if one president can ruin the country, then that president has too much power. We as the citizens have allowed the Constitution to get away from us so bad. And that's just from the political perspective of Republicans. Uh, let's just put it there that, um, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to insult the former President Obama. I'm saying that was, you know, in talk radio circles, that was the narrative that if he is elected to a second term, we will lose America and we will never get it back. He got a second term. Now, I didn't agree with any of the policies, really, to be honest with you, and I certainly didn't like Obamacare. I certainly don't like Obamacare, but it didn't ruin the country. What ended up happening was we elected Donald Trump. 
By the way, I've got a great video that once we get this thing picked apart a little bit, it's a 10-minute video of when Hillary Clinton – I actually have a quote from Hillary Clinton saying, you can run the best campaign in the world. You can run the best campaign ever, and you can have the election stolen from you. That was what she said in 2016. So she lost in 2016, and we elected Donald Trump within 18 months, within 18 months of his presidency from, again, from a right – you know, leaning perspective from the from the Republican perspective, the economy was going gangbusters. We had uh, the tax cuts were coming into play. The deregulation was coming into play. Businesses, manufacturing was back. There was hiring, wage increases, no inflation. My point is, no matter what your political perspective is, when the other party is in power, the doom and gloomers scream if they get voted in again. Then we're going to lose America. And that was the mantra about Donald Trump. Well, didn't ruin America. Donald Trump didn't destroy America for everybody out there from a Democratic point of view. He did not ruin America. And now we have Joe Biden and the same rhetoric continues. So when we see these things, they are indicators of where we're going. They are warning signs. There are things that people should be doing. There are decisions that businesses are going to have to make about employment. There's one story that said you may be asked to take a pay cut to work from home in the near future. That these demands where businesses were saying you're going to either come in the office or lose your job. And there was the great resignation and people left because they knew they'd just go find a job across the street. And the employees were making demands because they could. Those days are drying up. And that's what these people are saying. Those days are drying up. That it is no longer going to be that way. That pretty soon employers are going to be saying to employees, you want to work from home? You're going to have to work for less money. Because they're going to have a shift in control and a shift of job availability. Those are the things we have to keep our eye on. Those are the things we have to watch for. Coming up in a moment, Gatos joins me. and It's the big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Hey, you see where the Arizona Coyotes are going to play? Yeah, I did. You see what they named that arena? The Mullet Center. The Mullet Arena. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, man. Can't we get anything right out here? I think that's a, listen, if you're going to talk about hockey players, they're playing a mullet center. That's a great name for a hockey. Haven't you ever seen the mullets in, in hockey? Oh, yeah, but I don't think they do that anymore. Sure they do. No, I don't think they wear a mullet now. Is it wear a mullet or have a mullet? Uh, I think it's have a mullet. Did you have a mullet? Oh, I had the best. I grew up in, oh. Florida. I grew up in Florida in the oh. 80s. Did I have oh. a mullet? Oh. I invented the mullet. Well, I got a good cue. The Arizona Coyotes will play at the newly named Mullet Arena. Yeah, we're not going to be made fun of. Uh, who had the best mullet? You ready? I want you to vote on this. Okay. Oh, the big unit, Randy Johnson. Okay. You remember that? You remember that mullet? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh-huh. I was, that was my first thought, was Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus. Is that right? You think yeah. he had the most famous one? I don't know, but that was, the first, that was the first person that came to my mind when you said that. All right. Uh, how about Adam Sandler and the Wedding Singer? Okay. That's a beauty. That was a beauty. I was going to go with either Adam Sandler or Joe Dirt, and I, I took Adam Sandler. Okay. And then Chad's favorite... Dog the Bounty Hunter. 
I think he's still rocking that thing. Uh, he is. He is. Like, I would guess Randy Johnson, I think he'd probably he'd cut, he'd cut that party in the back. I think he probably did. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what Billy Ray, was Billy Ray Cyrus dead? Is he still no, alive? No, he's still alive. Oh, is he alive? Yeah, of okay. I don't, he is. I don't, well, I don't know. Uh, don't, it's all about his daughter now. Don't break my achy, breaky heart. Yeah, I always thought, like, when that song came out, I thought that that was Garth Brooks. Really? Yeah, I didn't, because uh, I hate country music. Really? Oh, I can't stand country music. Oh, You know, oh. I, I think you left the name off. Oh, good, good, good. Um, I should have put other, but what, what name did I leave off? Um, there is a guy that rocks a mullet. He's a, he is a hockey analyst named Barry Melrose. He was oh, a, Barry Melrose had uh, a great mullet. He still he does. Still? He still does. Really? Gray beard, and he rocks that mullet every time he's on TV. Oh, my gosh. Somebody told me the mullet's coming back. Oh, it is. There's some eight-year-old kid that just won the best mullet in the country contest. That's uh, that's challenging. I had right to look him, I had to look him up and make sure we weren't related. Is that so? Yes. Could you grow a mullet right now? No. Well, I could. I could grow half a mullet. I could grow the back part. <laughs> you grow the back part. <laughs> I I'd grow. like this. I see. I was hoping you, you'd grow the front part and just put it across your face. I, no, I can't do that. I can't. Well, do that. that. I don't, be... don't want to be that sad guy that's bald no. on top of the ponytail. I, I can't. Do oh, it. can't do it. Oh, that's man. the George Carlin. I can't do that. Or you take like one strand of hair and you wrap, wrap it around, around your head. Yeah, I was at a I, I, real quick because I'm almost out of time. I was yeah. at a Suns game with a friend years ago, and we were up in the cheap seats. And the guy in front of us had that spray paint hair, spray paint hair, and we couldn't watch the game. I we like couldn't hair take him. Yeah, we could not take our eyes off this guy's head. Like he really believed he was fooling people. It really looked like <laughs> he spray painted the top of his head. <laughs> Did you touch it to see if no, it was still I, wet? No, I, I wanted to so bad. Should have been like flicking it or something. I wanted to set popcorn in it. That's what you should have done. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Thanks, Gatos. Great question. All right. I'll see you. (laughs) All right. The Big Q poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, student loan forgiveness. The big announcement is expected today. The President of the United States. And we're going to talk about what this will mean for where it's forgiven and those are going to have to pay it.